Hey, Tony. Hey, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm a little nervous, you know. It's the first time, uh, you know, I'm coming to this club here in, you know, in California, you know. I, I don't know what these wads are going to expect out of me. You know, I'm a bastard, you know. Yeah. You know, Jeez, you know, I need a... What can I get a goddamn beer? You know, I'm so freaking nervous right now. The marinara sauce in my blood is boiling. You know what? Uh, usually, you know, cats like, uh... Like us, uh, you know, uh, we uh, really don't partake in uh, getting along. You know, you're from, uh, what, uh, the Big Apple? I'm from Brooklyn, yeah. Yeah, but that's okay. Well, you know what? Uh, we're, we're both in a weird freaking state, if you know what I mean. Look at this. Look at this. Liberalism yeah, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was in a cab on the way down here. You know, I was just like, got to get to a bar so I can get the blitz. Because, you know, I, I don't know what to expect. You know, I'm not too kosher with a gay community. You well, know, you, I don't know if you they're going to like uh, me or not. You, you seem a little wired. You know, you need something to calm down. because you, You're a little wired. Yeah, you, well, you know, I, 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 I ain't going to lie to you. You know, I did some of Boston's finest earlier. You know, I had a couple of cool beers. But, uh, yeah, I got I, I need something to cut the edge. Oh, oh. Our ladies and gentlemen, coming up to the stage next, straight out of New York City, the Big Apple, coming up for Tony Vanzer. Hey, 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 how you doing? Hey, uh, why did the mafia cross the road? Hey, forget about it. You know, what do you get when you, <laughs> what do you, what do you, get when you cross an Italian and a Jew, huh? Olive Garden, hey, hey what are you going to do? Hey, I got one more, I got one more for you, you ready? What's a four-letter word in Italian for goodbye? Hey, bang. All right. And, and ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Tony Bambino, straight out of New York, making his first appearance on the Los Angeles. <laughs> I was uh, I was on my way in a car over here, you know. I, like I said, I'm from Boston, you know, and it's like uh, uh, I like beer. How about you? Anybody out here like beer? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, what's the difference between the head from abroad and the head of a beer? You give up? <laughs> Nothing. Hey, hey, yeah. Uh, everybody, you know, the other day I was uh, watching our, our Red Sox win as usual. Tough crowd, huh? Ah, yeah. You know what? It wasn't even really worth my trip to come down here in the cab. How about you? I, yeah, I don't know. All they promised me was, was a, a couple tickets to Olive Garden, so that's why I told an Olive Garden joke. But uh, I don't see anything laying on the table. You know, I, I don't see no greenbacks. Uh, I, I, I got nothing. Hey, you want to go to a bar, have a couple of cool beers, maybe? Uh, I'll tell you, you what. Know, I, geez, the, I'll tell you what I really want to do. I want to. I want us, you and me, both of us. Let's go back to the 80s. Let's get the hell out of here. 
You are listening to the one and only Back to the 80s radio show. We are introducing the 80s to a whole new generation. I am Toscano from Toscano and Chang. And today is a very special show because we are... Wow, I kind of went off into a Christopher Walken right there. Because... Yeah, did. I Didn't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still got the a little mixture of uh, Tony Bambino in me. We're going to be talking about the best comedians of the 1980s. We have lists of, of comedians, and we only have time to talk about a few, but you uh, got to understand, the 80s brought us some of the greatest memories of all comedians forever. Oh, I, I think uh, the 80s, bro, brought out stand-up comedy kind of like the fashion industry. Remember when, uh, when we first saw the winged doves of the fashion industry? Yeah. With Victoria's Secret? Yep. I think comedy took off like Victoria's Secret did when Victoria's Secret hit the old highways and gave us nothing but gorgeous women with angel wings. I think that was the same scenario when we talk about comedy back in the 80s. Stand-up comedy in the 80s was like going into a C's candy shop. Uh, There was so many different flavors and sweetness and and things that are going to attract your attention and, and grab your taste buds. That's how comedy was because we had stand-up comics that were both clean, X-rated. Uh, we had stand-up comedians that were older, that were from uh, a couple of decades prior, but yet their careers were rejuvenated in the 80s. That's so, right. Comedians coming from all over the country, from Boston oh, to yeah. New York to the, the Midwest Bastion. to uh, Southern California. I mean, there's comedians that brought us right. some of the funniest skits, jokes, and stories that we have ever heard. And oh, that yeah. is what we're going to be talking about tonight. I do want to thank you guys for joining in on the on the program because I do know that every week you are gracious enough with Back to the 80s and Toscano and Chang, whether you're at the gym, whether you're at work, or just hanging out at home and listening to us, you know, one of your favorite devices I just want to say thank you guys for making Back to the 80s radio show number one in 80s Noodle. programming. Uno. And also, I want to remind you guys that when you guys are ready for this, K-Hits 92.5, we have our link on our Back to the 80s page. All 80s music 24 hours a day is on right now. Our official launch is Halloween of this year of 2021, but we are currently airing all 80s music and uh, we're bringing back the 80s radio to this new age. So stick around. We got the best stand-up comedians of the 1980s here on Back to the 80s Radio. Don't you go nowhere. I'll break your funny bone. You know what I'm saying? You're listening to Back to the 80s. Hey, some of you remember the 80s vibe, right? Well, it lives loud and proud on Back to the 80s. With my pals, Toscato and Chang. If they were a laxative, they'd be so powerful, you could stand on your head and sh** on the ceiling. That position would not only be unavailing, but also undignified. And now, back to the 80s with Toscano and Chang. Welcome back to Back to the 80s. This is Chang on the hang of Toscano and Chang. Tonight's show, we are diving headfirst into the ocean of stand-up comedy something very near and dear to both our hearts uh stand-up comedy and i'm I'm sure a lot of yours now the first comedian i want to bring about face 
to all of you is number one ranked in almost every top 10 to 20 comedians. And that individual is none other than the late, great George Carlin. Something else we have in common, flying on the airlines and listening to the airlines announcements and trying to pretend to ourselves that the language they're using is really English. Doesn't seem like it to me. Whole thing starts when you get to the gate. First announcement. We would like to begin the boarding process. Extra word, process. Not necessary. Boarding is enough. We'd like to begin the boarding. Simple, tells the story. People add extra words when they want things to sound more important than they really are. Boarding process. Sounds important. It isn't. It's just a bunch of people getting on an airplane. People like to sound important. Weathermen on television talk about shower activity. Sounds more important than showers. I even heard one guy on CNN talk about a rain event. Swear to God. He said, Louisiana's expecting a rain event. I thought, holy shit, I hope I can get tickets to that. Emergency situation. News people like to say, police have responded to an emergency situation. No, they haven't. They've responded to an emergency. We know it's a situation. Everything is a situation. Anyway, as part of this boarding process, they say, we would like to pre-board. Well, what exactly is that, anyway? What does it mean to pre-board? You get on before you get on? That's another complaint of mine. Too much use of this prefix pre. It's all over the language now. Pre this, pre that. Place the turkey in a preheated oven. It's ridiculous. There are only two states an oven can possibly exist in, heated or unheated. Preheated is a meaningless fucking term. It's like pre-recorded. This program was pre-recorded. Well, of course it was pre-recorded. When else are you going to record it? Afterwards? That's the whole point. Here's a comedian that uh, uh, we were talking uh, to each other before we came back on air, that there were so many comedians that were rejuvenated in the 80s. And I want to say George Carlin is on both lists. He was, he was beyond intelligent, kind of like a street prize fighter that could make funny out of anything that you gave him, but yet he was going to kick your ass with nothing but intelligence. You know, George Carlin first broke out into the comedy scene back in the 60s. He was on Laugh-In. Uh, he was a little bit more conservative looking when comedians, like also with uh, another one that I'm going to mention, Richard Pryor, when they were, uh, and Bill Cosby, there's another comedian that was kind of reamped back in the 80s style-wise right, the right. way they look. But totally the contrary of what George Carlin, how his performance was, wouldn't you say? Straight up liberal. Liberalism. I mean, yeah. George Carlin was intellectually on cue, uh, liberal as all hell, bold, fearless, intelligent. Now, that is something a lot of comedians do not get credit for, the intelligence level of a stand-up comic. To create your your material, but to deliver it in a way to where you're not going to push people away or start a revolution. Yeah, you know, one I of the things George one of the things uh, that George Carlin that I saw in him that I haven't seen very rarely in any comedian was thank you. <laughs> Uh, who has, uh, uh, first of all, his wisdom, I mean, reflections on politics, English English language, 
psychology, religion, taboo subjects, drug and his, drugs. Yep. I he, mean, he and his seven dirty words. They were routine since 1978, and it even entered the Supreme Court because of uh, the government's power to regulate indecent material on the public airwaves. George Carlin yes. made a footprint in comedy since 1978. I mean, and, and you have to think about the late, great Lenny Bruce, the godfather to all comedians that ever graced the stage with uh, their material or their persona. Lenny Bruce kind of was one of the first pioneers in stand-up comedy that was in your face, used the F word, used derogatory language, talked about dark uh, content. And George Carlin was, I think, the next comedian that could balance those both out in an intellectual way, much like Lenny Bruce. George Carlin was a force to be reckoned with. I mean, I thought he came from your... Folks like our parents, you know what I mean, uh, when they come up in the generation, and I'm sure you'll agree, my brother, and a lot of our listeners will, where our parents grew up in an age where they dressed up to go out at night. They dressed up to go to church. People were wearing hats. George Carlin and comics like him back then, including Lenny Bruce, you know, they were uh, black suit guys, black tie guys, white right. shirt guys. Everything on TV was uh, black and white, but... They kind of were the bad boy, but they looked like everybody else. I think George Carlin brought that flavor back from the 60s, 70s, and took it full throttle into the 80s intellectually, but his his look changed. The the facial hair, yeah. uh, the, the uh, hippie-type uh, wardrobe, the longer hair. I sound like a conservative, and that's amazing because I'm looking at myself in a mirror right now, and I'm none of those that I'm describing right now. Harlan kind of took that. Yeah, and all, you know, now that you're mentioning people that were a little bit older and they they, they they dressed up back then, even in the 80s, to dress up in a suit. There was a yeah, gentleman brother. by the by the name of yes. Jacob Rodney Cohen, also known as Rodney Dangerfield, born 1921. Who died oh. in 2004? He was known for his self-depreciating uh, one-liners. Remember the catchphrase? Yes. Oh, God, I get God. no respect. I mean, that's destroying my life. No respect. I don't get no respect at all. Are you kidding? No respect at all. Well, when I was born, the doctor told my mother I did all I could, but he pulled through anyway. You know. I mean, I don't get no respect from anyone. Well, last week my house was on fire. My wife told the kids, be quiet, you wake up daddy. Stay over to Hollywood. That's my end of my spot. Okay, I'll see you now. Rodney Dangerfield was another one of those that was, was a staple of comedy in the 1980s. You know, the funny thing is you bring up Rodney Dangerfield's name. Now, Rodney Dangerfield tried out comedy in, I believe, maybe the later parts of the 50s, early 60s, and he just couldn't get his niche going. So he gave up stand-up comedy in his, uh, I'd say, his mid-40s, and he started selling aluminum siding. And uh, he was approached to do the Johnny Carson show from uh, an open mic session that people had been watching. Now, at this time when he was uh, approached, he was hanging aluminum siding, painting aluminum siding, and selling it. So at the rightful age, I believe of 45, maybe 46, he did Johnny Carson. But it wasn't until he hit the prime age of 50, yes, 50, the silver dollar, 50, that his career took off 
and he became a household name in both derogatory terms and good family entertainment with such great movies as Caddyshack. Phenomenal. As an actor, Rodney Dangerfield was great because he even attracted the younger audience. We're in 2021, and you talk to a very young person about an older comedian, they don't even listen to anybody who's older. No. There's something about this generation that has something against anybody who is more than two, three years older than that person. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you know what? When it came to comedy, even if we were younger back then, we recognized and realized that people like Rodney Dangerfield were funny, and he ended up being a fantastic, fantastic actor. And one of my favorite movies that he starred in was uh, Back to School, believe it or not. Welcome to Contemporary American History. I'm Professor Turgeson. You know, a lot of people think history is just facts. It's just information about the past, but not me. I mean, I hold history very sacred. Sacred. The way the farmer looks at the earth and he holds it sacred. The way a Christian takes the Bible and he holds it sacred. The way a lot of people hold their marriage sacred. That's how I feel about it. So why don't we dive right in by interpreting one of the easiest events in the last 20 years of American history. Now, can someone tell me why in 1975 we pulled our troops out of Vietnam? The failure of Vietnamization to win popular support caused an ongoing erosion of confidence in the various American but illegal Saigon regimes. Is she right? Because I know that's the popular version of what went on there. I know a lot of people like to believe that. I wish I could, but I was there. I wasn't here in a classroom, hoping I was right, thinking about it. I was up on my knees in rice paddies with guns and Edward going up against Charlie, slugging it out with him, while pussies like you were back there partying, putting headbands on, doing drugs, listening to the goddamn Beatle albums. Oh! Oh! Hey, hey, Professor, take it easy, will you? I mean, these kids, they were in grade school at the time. And me, I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. Well, well, I didn't know you wanted to get involved with the discussion, Mr. Helper. But since you want to help, maybe you can help me, okay? You remember that thing we had about 30 years ago called that Korean conflict? Yeah, where we failed to achieve victory. How come we didn't cross the 38th parallel and push those rice eaters back to the Great Wall of China and take the work and nuke them back into the fucking Stone Age River? How come? Tell me why? Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Because Truman was too much of a pussy wimp to let MacArthur go in there and blow out those cummy bastards. Good answer. Good answer. I like the way you think. I'm going to be watching you. <laughs> a good teacher. He really seems to care about what I have no idea. That's another great comedian, the late, great Sam Kinison. The voice of the 80s, the once known as a pastor preacher, become slash rock and roll guru, heavy metal lord, Sam Kinison style of uh, stand-up comedy. Raw, ruthless, derogatory, sexual, uh, drug-inflicted, aggressive. Oh, I'm talking about Sam Kinison. Yeah, I thought I was and, and you know, it's again. interesting because you're absolutely right. He was, he was a former Pentecostal preacher. Right. And he used to perform stand-up routines characterized by his, of course, more than intense style. I mean, very similar. It was very reminiscent of his preaching days, most likely. Can you imagine him as a preacher? 
That oh, must have man. been quite scary for the congregation. You know what? I would have probably enjoyed a church like that with somebody that had as much energy and boldness as myself. You, you, know? you definitely got now, a point there. Now, I'm going to bring up a comedian that landslided stand-up comedy, opened up the door to stand-up comedians to entering the great acting experience. Now, number two on this list is none other than my idol, my mentor, a man that meant more to me in the 80s than my own Jim Ladd of KMET, the late, great Robin Williams. Damn! A little sip of Perrier here. I had to stop drinking alcohol because I used to wake up nude and hood in my car with my keys in my ass. <laughs> Not a good thing. Hi, can I help you? No, thanks. It's just flooded. I'll be okay. <laughs> Beautiful, baby. Beautiful, yeah. When you get stoned, your discussion goes out the window. You could be eating kitty litter going, mm, this is crunchy, man. <laughs> and the horrible thing is people who get stoned try and get their animals stoned to make them feel better. <laughs> it's not bad enough that you proved that Darwin was wrong. You're going to take the whole family with you. There's your dog going, please don't do this to me. I've just learned to lick my own genitals. Leave me alone. Don't do this to me. And your dog, you're going to go, hey, Farfel. <laughs> dog, whoa, my tail, my tail. <laughs> oh, my favorite of all time, brother. My favorite of all time. I think, I think Robin Williams is probably one of the greatest stand-up comedians that could think on the dime. Robin Williams was like a Muhammad Ali of stand-up comedy. You could throw a joke at Robin Williams and he could take you to 10 places. He can go from zero to 50 in two seconds. Yep. He was known for his improv skills. That put him another, I say, level than any other comedian. Even the, even the comedians we've already spoke of, Rodney Dangerfield, George Carlin, a little bit of Richard Pryor. Uh, Robin Williams escalated to forms of comedy that cross both comedic acting and, like you said, improv. And the art of ruthless stand-up comedy. I mean, he became a great, serious actor. Uh, he became a role model. He touched so many hearts in so many roles in his serious movies. But he hit the nerve of America and the entertainment uh, planet with Mork and Mindy. Right. I mean, how do you create that character and you just landslide the whole freaking uh, – world with that one character robin williams should be number one on any list for calling the greatest comedian of all time yeah i i am with you on this especially because of how much people loved him they loved him and yeah. they still love him and you know oh, we, yeah. we put on our on our facebook page yes um, i saw uh, it, yes you know we put a picture of him in his many roles and by the way i got as a little side note I really dislike when some people post comments, oh, get over it, or comments like, just let him rest in peace and stuff. Don't stop talking about him. You know, yeah, we do this derogatory. Out of, yeah, we do this out of respect. You know, we do this exactly. with our loved ones, and we do yes. this with people, even if we haven't met them, that have caused a change in our life or that have yes. caused us to have happiness in our life. We, re we yes. pay them respect. And this is a form of paying respect. And look, Robin Williams, to me, means my childhood 
and yeah. Robin Williams has created and with his many voices for cartoons and and right. him him being so many just popular and famous. Well, the greatest Aladdin. Uh, yeah, you know the cartoon Aladdin. Uh, I've seen interviews uh, with other of the actors on Aladdin. They said most of the genie was improv. That's right. He just got the audience to fall in love with him, mm-hmm. and I think, in my opinion as well, Robin Williams will always be the greatest of all time. Oh yeah, I remember when I am embarked in stand-up comedy. And uh, I was blessed with doing uh, the comedy store in Hollywood. And uh, I was moving up the ranks. I remember one evening, uh, I was, uh, we were doing a very big show. I was the second comedian before the headliner. I think they gave me a 30-minute set. Now, 30-minute set, you that's know, that's pretty good, is it? That's, that's a long time for a comedian. And I used to sit in the green room, and the only thing green in that room was the wallpaper of bamboo with some fake leaves, and every plant in there was plastic, so it wasn't green. I think the only green thing in the green room was, was me packing my, was me going four twenty, and that was it. That's right. Now, anyway, I did this show right. I, I was uh, getting ready to do this show. It was probably one of the bigger shows that I had been handed to uh, at the comedy store. And uh, everything that I was doing in comedy, I was uh, I had one thing on my mind. One day I want to meet the man that that showed me the path to do what I'm about to do. If uh, everything to me was one day maybe Robin Williams will meet me, maybe I can meet him, maybe I could tell him what I think of him, maybe he can see me perform. Long story short, I know it's a cliche statement, but uh, I was called upon to do my set. And there was many, many uh, famous comedians that came into uh, that room that night. And I don't want to go into names. It'll take too long. But uh, I remember I was on on stage. The lights were kind of bright. And the buzz in the green room, I could hear people were saying, hey, Robin's out there by the doorman. Now, I looked out and I could barely see. You know what I mean? I saw a guy about his height. I didn't know if it was him. I could hear the buzz in the back. You know, everybody was kind of turning around and looking so anyway you know as a comic you can't you can't buckle right. I did my set I completed my set I got a very good response I went back to the green room you know what I mean and then I have to go through the we us comedians go through that come down experience sure kind of like coming off of drugs alcohol right or so you come on the come down and uh I was really nervous because it was like, you know, to me, it was like I was going to make it or break it that night. I had proven myself, but I got really proved myself. The the door guy comes up, and I'm in the back, and I'm chugging a shot of Jack. And he goes, hey, bro. He goes, uh, Williams was out front. And I was like, Robin Williams? He was like, yeah. He was like, I told him this fool right here, that's you. You had wanted to meet him, but he had to bone out. He goes, he watched your set. And he said to me, he goes, that cat. He's got the vibe. That cat could go somewhere. He goes, and he turned around, he signed some autographs, and he split. He goes, so wow. I'm just letting you know, dude, Robin Williams watched you, and he thought that you were pretty good. So hopefully that gets you over the, over the bug uh, and all the little sure. nervousness you have for the next time you're up here. Yeah, I mean, if Robin that, Williams said it, I mean, you, you're in. Dude, I, I've never <laughs> forgot that. Never, ever have I ever forgotten that. As a matter of fact... That is what keeps me going to do this with you and every time I open my stupid freaking mouth. (laughs) Well, this is Back to the 80s Radio. We're talking about the 1980s greatest comedians. We're going to be right back, so stick around. There's a lot more. 
like a creature of the night. Back to the 80s. Remember when we thought the 80s, 80s, 80s were lame? That's because we hadn't lived through this decade yet. You're listening to Back to the 80s. Welcome into Back to the 80s Radio. This is Toscano from Toscano and Chang. We are talking about the 1980s greatest comedians. The comedians that were considered and, in our opinion, are the greatest comedians of all time. Oh, hell yes. And we uh, are just floored by what their legacy has left us. And one of those comedians, bro, I remember my cousin Ralph uh, rented a, the video and we watched me as a as a little kid, well, this is what nineteen eighty two, I believe. Oh, don't don't. So I'm ten you didn't years have to old. Say little kid, you didn't have to say I, that. I'm ten that. years old in nineteen eighty two, and I Gosh. I watched Eddie Murphy delirious for the very first time. They have the ice cream man around here. They have Mr. Softy ice cream. Remember when the ice cream man used to come to town when you was little, and no matter what you was doing, you would stop and lose your fucking mind. There's something about the ice cream truck that make kids lose it. And they can hear that shit from 10 blocks away. They don't hear their mother calling them, but they hear that motherfucking ice cream truck. And no matter what was going on, the ice cream man came to stop. You be getting some marbles and shit, and you hear... Ice cream! Ice cream! The ice cream man is coming! The ice cream man is coming! Come to the window and be throwing change. You're saying, Get your father toasted almond bar and get your brother icy and get yourself vanilla cone and bring back my chain. And you catch all that shit and run down the street, top speed, chasing the ice cream truck. Ice cream! Ice cream man always drove extra block though. And I know he's seen us and shit, but I think he'd just be in the car with his friends saying, Watch me make how fast I make these motherfuckers run. <laughs> you be behind him doing 50 run. Ice cream! You stopped, you be all went out of Winston. Uh, ice cream man, ice cream man, uh, can I have this? I want this over here and a, a toast on by my father and give me this ice over here and vanilla cone. Thank you, ice cream man. Thank you. Thank you, ice cream man. Thank you. And you get your ice cream. I get my ice cream. I remember I get my ice cream and I didn't eat it. I sang for a little while, you know. You know how kids are, have you going? I have some ice cream. I have some ice cream. I have some ice cream. And I'm gonna eat it all. I'm gonna eat it all. The ice cream be running all down your arm and shit. Yeah. Ice cream. I'm gonna do eat all of my ice cream. Ice cream. Ice cream. No, it'd be one kid on the side, then get no ice cream, and kids don't care. They go, you don't have no ice. Oh, ho, ho, dude. I loved it, and it stuck with me ever since. I, I never get tired of watching it because Eddie Murphy no. is is a is a comical genius. Oh and, yes, uh, a great great storyteller. I mean, Eddie Murphy came upon like kind of like a comet in the night. You know, nineteen years old to hit the SNL stage to do uh, you know Little Richard and you know what I mean that that classic skit you know Hot Tub. I mean, Eddie Murphy 
became a sensation, I'd say within 45 freaking minutes on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And there was nobody that could top him. You had never seen anybody like Eddie Murphy unless you had watched Richard Pryor. Right. Right. If you knew, if you knew, and we'll talk about Richard later, if you knew anything about brash, balls out, badass in comedy, yeah, you can bleep this out. Beside Richard Pryor, it's Eddie freaking Murphy. Now, Eddie Murphy's brother was also hilarious. And you know who his brother was, right? Uh, of Charlie co- of Murphy. Of course, Charlie Murphy. Uh, you know, but, one of the funniest things of Eddie Murphy were his 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 pocket full of, of characters. And a couple of those that I really liked, besides besides the very famous SNL Buckwheat. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Uh, but... When he imitated Stevie Wonder, oh, when he did it with Joe Piscopo, yes, Joe when Piscopo they were playing the piano, that's correct. Hey, Stevie, what the hell are we beating around the bush for? This is 1982. Let's get right to the point, huh? Here, take it from the tops. We'll swing it, Stevie, with a bounce, baby. You are black. I am white life's son Eskimo pie. Let's take a bite. That was groovy thinking, Lincoln, when you set them free. We all know cats are the same name to Mexico. Good, bad guys and chicks. I am dark and you are light. You are blind as a bat that I have sight. Side by side you are my amigo. Negro, let's not fight. Heavenly That's and good. ivory That's good, just living in perfect harmony. We're talking salt and pepper. Sandy and Dean. Stevie and me are peachy king. You are white. You are black. And who cares? Who cares, baby? And that was pretty brash ass stuff yeah. right there. And and then his 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 bag full of tricks and so many voices that that uh, Eddie Murphy has done as well. And you know what? And he became an incredible actor. And yes, my favorite movies that he has come out in, believe it or not, oh, are always are still the '80s ones, specifically. Uh, 48 Hours and Beverly Hills Cop. I mean, some of oh, my favorite. What about ba- Back to America, Barbershop? Come, yeah, coming. The, the, the roles that he played in, in, in different makeup. Dude, you can't write that shit. No, The Nutty, the nutty Professor. The Remember? Nutty Professor, exactly. Uh, he was also Dr. Doolittle. Right. Uh, and he was the voice of the donkey in Shrek as well. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So Eddie Murphy, definitely uh, one of the greatest comedians of all time. And, number, I would, and, and I would say he's way up there within the first top five. Oh, yeah. He's number three in our list. And you know what's funny? As we come to number four, I'll bring out number four. You already bro- brought up his name. The late, great, older Silver Fox. That's right. Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, Rodney Dangerfield. Like, a, you know, like the little story uh, I, I uh, shared with you on how old he was when he finally, finally broke the charts as a stand-up comic. I mean, uh, this guy even uh, with his fame and his uh, presence opened up a, his own comedy club called Dangerfields. And Dangerfield 
I mean, hosted so many great and upcoming comedians. You have Ray Romano, Sam Kinison. Didn't he uh, give a, a? Didn't he give Andrew Dice Stephen Clay Wright. his first? He gave Andrew. Yeah, he he gave Dice Clay his first chance. Sam Kinison, like I mentioned. I mean, so many comedians. Uh, Stephen Wright. Uh, I mean, the list could go on on young comedians. Paul Reiser, uh, Dennis Wolfberg, another comedian that maybe some of our listeners may remember, uh, or maybe they're not. But Dangerfield, just like Carson, opened the door for so many young comedians to flood the gates and make the 80s their comedic bitch. Rodney all the way. <laughs> I agree. You like the way I phrase that. You I, know what I'm saying? I like that. I like that. And uh, – you know, we also have the late, great John Candy. Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. Last week, yeah, hell of a game, hell of a game. Bears got a great team this year. They're gonna go all the way. Oh, yeah. Now with John oh. Candy, it was different because I never heard him do stand up, but he was an, a phenomenal uh, comedian when he came out in TV shows, and of course, yes, all of his, yeah, in all of his movies. I mean, all of them. He was just phenomenal from from Stripes. All the way right. to the great outdoors, Uncle Buck, Spaceballs. I mean, yes, a Splash, oh, yes. Cool Running, Summer Rental, Home Alone. I mean, you know, great, fantastic movies. Now, I first uh, stumbled upon John Candy uh, doing SCTV, yes. which was an improv, yes. very similar to the Canadian version of Saturday Night Live. I remember now, that, yes. And the funny thing is SNL... A lot of the SNL not ready for primetime players did come from Second City TV with John Candy uh, and other great actors from uh, SCTV. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and John Candy, I I never seen him do stand up comedy. Like I say, I was only enthralled and just over overwhelmed with with glee when he did SCTV. And uh, the characters he did on that show, Johnny LaRue, uh, you know, uh, Yellow Belly, uh, so many iconic characters that he did. And when he finally broke out into the silver screen, I mean, he became that character that that was kind of a footprint in comedy movies. You know, he uh, he was a mold that was made. On his own terms, I would say with John. Yeah, Candy. definitely. Because he was a a splendid, intelligent, unstoppable comedic actor. I agree. That's what I would say about John Candy. I agree. He, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't put him in the stand up comedy list. No, because we can do a whole other show on comedic improv improvisational actors that made the screen what it is, made their presence known on the screen, but yet they do not have the stand-up credential 
behind him. There's a big difference between an improv comedian and a stand-up comedian. You know, Tusky, here's a comedian, bro, that a lot of people forget. And, you know, with his style, it's easy to forget. Uh, I think on this list, he's number six, Stephen Wright from Boston, Massachusetts. My theory of evolution is that Darwin was adopted. <laughs> I got a new dog. He's a paranoid retriever. He brings back everything because he's not sure what I throw him. My uncle was a clown for Ringling Brothers Circus. And when he died... All his friends went to the funeral in one car. <laughs> so I get out of the bed. I figured I'd go for a walk. She said, how long are you going to be gone? I said, the whole time. Which is very anal that I did a Boston comedian <laughs> earlier. Yeah. And Stephen Wright, I mean, I don't think he ever broke out really past uh, his uh, Johnny Carson uh, presence. Now, is he still he alive? Had you know what? I think he's alive, but if he died, it's because of the comedic style that nobody would really, you know, pay too much attention Ooh, to. Because he was lethargic and slow. And, yeah, uh, he yeah, was, he was. Well, he was kind of like uh, he. He reminded me of like that librarian that was stoned, and when the when the sixth grade class would go on a field trip to the library, that stone monkey would be reading this story to all of us. Yeah, that's what Stephen Wright reminded when me. They of. Of, when they used to announce him, they should have said the anti-humor comedian. Yes, yes, yes. The guy with a boring voice. I mean, <laughs> if that guy talked like he had oral sex, nobody came. Right. But that was number six. And uh, now number seven, we discussed already the late, great Sam Kinison, uh, somebody that uh, I had the pleasure of meeting at the Rainbow, uh, one of my many long, dark rock and roll lifestyle nights in Hollywood, California. And then now number eight, I want you to bring out number eight because he kind of falls into the realm that me and you are discussing of comedians that went into acting. Yeah, you know, and that is the great the really, really great Billy Crystal. Ooh, thank you very much. This is very exciting. Not only to do this show, which I love, but it's St. Patrick's Day in New York. There's a lot of people eating and drinking. As a matter of fact, the biggest selling button today was wipe my lip. I'm Irish. It's... <laughs> so if you're going to drink and eat, just order your food and throw it on the floor because it ends up there, you know? You know, Billy Crystal was born in the city where I was born, which is Long Beach, California. Yes. And his real name is William Edward Crystal. And uh, he was born in 1948, of course. And yes, he's he's one who can do both stand up. He can do uh, improv and, mm -hmm. and he can act like nobody's business. Now, I remember when uh, Billy Crystal came out in the television adult type uh, sitcom Soap. I don't know if you recall. I remember that, show. that. Yes, I do. Yep. He he played the homosexual brother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, brother to Danny, the guy that talked to himself, the yeah. handsome Italian-looking guy, and then right. he uh, was brothers with the other blonde guy that uh, lived his life through a dummy. That was a great show, by the way. Yep, I remember Soap. But remember, Billy Crystal uh, hit it home when he started doing benefit shows with Whoopi Goldberg, <laughs> yeah. who is now uh, a little bit too much for her own self on her own talk show, and the late, great, of course, Robin Williams. Those three, I mean, they uh, they have so many people with uh, their benefit show and the comedy that they did. 
And you uh, know, Billy Crystal did some great roasts as well. Do you remember when he was a part oh, yeah. of the Muhammad Ali roast? This was back in the oh yeah 70s. when he yeah when when he imitate when he imitated Muhammad Ali. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Now we're talking about all these things, all these shows that we're talking about. These great uh, comedians. Now, my dad used to have me study almost everybody that we're talking about, even others that we haven't talked about. Because my old man always thought, well, if you're going to be a smartass, you better be a badass smartass. So a lot of the comics that we're talking about, I mean, dude, I watched over and over again. I, I videotaped them and watched every – as a matter of fact, Mrs. Chang bought me all of the roasts from the 70s and the 80s. Those so were I have great. every roast. That, those are great I films. Mean, I mean, uh, so it was just I mean, everything you can imagine on those roasts was there. Adult content without derogatory language. Right, right. And, and, and before you could do that and people would understand, uh, now I, I, people probably need a dictionary. Right. You know, uh, next on our list is a guy who I'm going to let you introduce him. But here's what's funny about this next cat. That I heard him in the eighties. That's when he first came out. Right, right. And I thought he was Italian. I totally yeah. thought he was Italian, but, but he's he... Jewish. So is that the girl, huh? Yeah. How long you going with her? Four months, huh? You cheating? <laughs> yeah, not yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but you got to be careful, you know, when you get a good one, because there's a lot of disease. You can't really cheat today. It's not like four or five years ago where you could come home, lie with a straight face. They'd be like, we want you all night. Having coffee with the guys. No, you weren't. You were cheating on me. No, I was having coffee. Really? Yeah. Talking about the legendary X-rated comedian as in yes. Andrew Diceman Clay. Now, <laughs> yeah. I remember <laughs> yeah. I went to go see the Diceman in concert. I was more of a fan of Sam Kinison in that era than the Dice Man. I found the Dice Man to be a little bit kind of the same thing all the time. Right. You know, yeah. but I do have to give him great respect for Hickory Dickory Dock. <laughs> that beat can blow my yick. You know yep, what I mean? Yep. So uh, his his renditions of X-rated <laughs> uh, children's 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 stories. <laughs> children's stories was eclectic. I mean, there was nobody else that that captivated it or captured what he did, or delivered him in the same little, style. Yeah, and delivered him in the same style with the leather jacket. He brought out kind of the biker New York thugster rock and roll kind of raw energy. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a drink and bash your face, and maybe I'll go get crabs or herpes from one of these chicks over here. <laughs> I mean, you know. He alluded the rock and roll to his uh, persona with his look and his dialogue. But I'll always have to give it up to the late, great Sam Kinison, who captured the rock and roll metal essence of, in stand-up comedy. I mean, way more than, than the Dice Man. Yeah. But the he, Dice Man was uh, a force to reckon with back then. He was. And believe it or not, for a lot of people who may have just dismissed him, the Dice Man born Andrew Clay Silverstein, Andrew Clay Silverstein. Uh, in 1990, he became the first stand-up comedian to sell out Madison Square Garden for two consecutive nights. How's right. about that? that? Now, that's now, not an that, easy task. Was that the tour where I believe it was the Dice Man Cometh? 
Uh, that's a good question. I don't have that information. I can tell you that, uh, let's see, it was in the same year that he played the role in a, in a comedy mystery film called The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Oh, yeah, that was a crappy movie. Yes, yeah. I remember that movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah baby. Sorry, Dice Man, but uh, yeah. So that we've got tons. I mean, we got so many comedians to talk about. We just don't have enough time to do this in one no, show. So not at all. we promise you guys, all back to the 80s fans, that if you stick around with us, we're going to be talking about a lot more, a lot more comedy from the 1980s. Um, everywhere from Chris Farley to... Uh, Bobcat Goldweight and beyond. So stick around. Bobcat, that was an individual I never understood really how the hell he made so much money because uh, I just, <laughs> yeah, it was like, hey man, you're making a lot of money off of somebody that uh, is suffering from some type of a physical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's jackass. What uh, yeah. This. <laughs> it was like, shut up. Oh, man, I want to suck that guy till he talks normal. This is the one and only Back to the 80s. I want to thank you guys for joining us and also remind you guys that if you do have something that you'd like to let us know or a topic for a future show, write us into our Back to the 80s Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. We already have tons of people who write us in, and uh, we, we just can't thank you guys enough. I mean, I'm floored by um, – I'm excited and just – I mean, I can't believe that you guys would take the time to write to us and invite us to have drinks and food on the other side of the world at one of your oh, restaurants over man, there. That's going to be nice. Hey, by the way, listening to us from Spain, thank you guys, uh, and and all the way from South America uh, to here in our beautiful United States, and from England to Europe, every country in Europe, and to Australia. Thank you guys for being a part of Back to the Eighties. That's right. Everybody in Los Angeles, San Diego, uh, we we thank you from the bottom of our hearts uh, to help us grow to the rapid rate that we are. We couldn't do this without you, and we couldn't do this if it wasn't for us doing it for you. So on the bottom of my black heart, I thank you. Yeah, there's no way we could do this without us, could we? No, no. I mean, who would want to listen to us? I mean, my wife gets tired of listening to me after maybe 15 minutes of being home. She's like, hey, uh, can't you do what your dogs do and lick yourself and go into the other room? You know, but what are you going to do? This is the one and only Back to the 80s. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next Friday. Take care and be safe. Remember, everybody, stay lifted and gifted. You are one race, the human race. Remember, do not take anything for granted. Go out there and stand for something bigger than yourself. Until next Friday, this is the Chang of the Toscano Man wishing you an adios. Arrivederci. Hasta la vista. Hasta mañana. Sayonara. And to all the homies in the barrio. Orale.